News alert, God doesn't want you to strive or merely survive. He wants you to thrive. Another way of saying that is to grow well. Keep listening for some practical ways you can start purposefully growing in all areas of your life starting today. This episode is brought to you by the Upward VA Roadmap, my online course and support system that guides you through the basics of building your own virtual assistant business the quickest route possible. Check it out at UpwardVARoadmap.com. You are listening to Work Is Good, the thought-provoking, gaze-shifting, and action-inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kristen Eifeldano from WorkingUpward.com. We've all had days where we are just plain grateful we survived, right? Our heads fall on our pillows at the end of the day and we are exhausted. We think through our to-do list and wish we had done more, but if we're perfectly honest, we're just not sure how we could have. I felt this way the entire 2020 so far, this whole year. I know it's only February, but still, I had the had a cold, then the flu, then bronchitis, and then some complications from bronchitis, such as a partially collapsed lung. And thankfully, that's all over now. And I'm just in the very, very tail end. But wow, definitely in survival mode this year. And I almost hate to admit it, but I felt like I was in survival mode my first few years of marriage. Those who know me well probably know how I love to share that I went from single to married grandmother status in just a few short months when I was 35, because I always get a reaction from from that, and it's just fun to share. But let me tell you, that kind of change did not come without some challenges. When I met my husband, John, who's about 10 years older than me, he was a widower with three adult daughters and two grandchildren at the time, and we had a whirlwind romance. We met online in January, met in person in February, got engaged in March, or maybe it was April. I can't believe I don't remember that. And then we got married in July, which I do remember, thankfully. My new family embraced me with open arms, but wow, it was a much bigger change than I had expected in many ways. I was in a new state, in a well-lived-in home, with a history that didn't include me, at least not a lot yet, and my husband worked full-time while also pastoring a church an hour and a half away. It wasn't exactly easy to go meet a church friend during the week for coffee, and that's actually tea for me, and I was also working from home at the time, as I am now, which as you know is a huge blessing, but with my introvert leanings, all of these certainly didn't help me pursue the relationships outside the home like I knew I should have been doing. I was definitely surviving rather than thriving in that department. In addition, John was taking seminary classes our first year of marriage, and then our second year, he began traveling a lot for work, his his full-time job, as in flying south every other week and sometimes more. And keep in mind, we were still trying to get to know each other. Looking back, there's no doubt I was in survival mode and just trying to figure things out. But you know what? I got more used to married life. I became comfortable and more confident with my new roles as pastor's wife. 
as a bonus mom, that's my preferred word for stepmom, and kiki, which is my grandkids' word for me. And although I wish I adjusted faster than I did, there did come a clear point when I knew it was time to step up my game. It was time for me to stop adjusting to my role and to start growing in my role. I couldn't just stay in maintenance mode. I had to take a good look at my life, my whole life, my marriage, family, relationships, ministry, and work, and realize God wanted me to do more than survive. He wanted me to thrive, and I could do that if I trusted in His strength and not my own, and if I also surrendered to His will rather than my own. No, I definitely have not arrived there yet, but by God's grace, I'm working on it. Sidebar here, if you haven't listened to episode five yet, I highly recommend you do so. It's called How to Plug Into Your Ultimate Power Source, and if you're feeling worn out or defeated or tired of striving, that episode is like a painless shot in the arm because it's filled with so many truths about the great power of our God who strengthens and sustains us. It is filled with life-giving scripture. But wait until after you're finished listening here because there's really some good stuff in this episode too, okay? Back to my point, you and I were made for more than surviving. We were made to thrive. Now, when I looked up the word thrive online, I read that it means to flourish or to grow or develop well, a truth that we see woven throughout the entire word of God. I love the thought of God wanting us to grow well, and that's what today's episode is about. Practical ways we can grow well in all areas of our life, including our work. And by practical, I mean both actionable and doable, because sometimes those are two different things. I also mean those not general ways that we all know about and hear about a lot, um, more uh, unique ways. So what I'm going to do here is share two broad categories of actionable steps toward growth and then break that down for you in specific actionable steps that I hope will inspire you. Remember, I want to help you keep moving forward, which is one of the three big reasons why I podcast. The other two are to help you look upward and think deeper. The growth of this podcast is especially dependent on listener feedback, especially reviews on iTunes, either a simple one-second rating or a thoughtful written review like this one from Everyday Dishes, who writes, This is a great podcast for women who currently work from home or desire to. Kristen presents practical suggestions and inspirational advice in an engaging, personal way. I highly recommend this podcast as well as the resources available through her site. Well, Everyday Dishes, thank you so much for your kind words. They really do mean a lot to me. I'm glad the Work is Good podcast is both practical and inspirational for you and that you are checking out workingupward.com and taking advantage of those resources there. You've especially encouraged me to keep moving forward myself, something I strive to help my listeners do, and put even more resources and good episodes out there. Thanks again for supporting the podcast And let's get back to that, shall we? If you're ever on a plane and an air mask falls down in front of you, you know the drill, don't you? Put it on yourself before assisting others with their mask. It might sound selfish at first, but it's really not. Because when you have the oxygen you need, you're better able to help those around you. 
You get where I'm headed with this, don't you? I'm dividing all these actionable and practical tips into two main categories. And the first category of things you can do to go from surviving and thriving in your life and work is to intentionally take care of yourself so that you can better serve others. And the second category is to create and maintain a clear vision. Okay, category number one, intentionally take care of yourself. Now, I am deliberately avoiding the term you might expect here, which is self-care, and I have a good reason for that. Those of you listening who are on my email list may remember I sent a heads up about this podcast last week, and in it, I shared that I cringe a little when I hear the phrase or see the hashtag self-care on social media and other places. Well, thanks to some incredibly valuable feedback from one of my readers, I was able to research a little more on my own. Uh, She gave me the name of a lady who has written on the topic. And I was able to identify why I cringe a little when I see hashtag self-care and read self-care articles. I'll be sure to put a link or two in the show notes on this subject so you can see where I'm coming from. And those resources, at the very least, will help you think through the issue and come to your own conclusions. So with that in mind, let me share a few specific ways in this category of taking care of yourself that can truly help you go from surviving to thriving in your life and work. And remember, that is to simply grow well. First, follow God's pattern of work and rest. Uh, Remember that God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. God rested. You know, he didn't do it because he was tired. God doesn't get tired. He did it because it was good like everything else he did. It's the perfect pattern for us. In fact, if you stop to really think about it, most of the negative side effects that come with neglecting our spiritual and physical needs, the opposite of taking care of ourselves, they go away when we follow God's plan for our work and rest, don't they? Worshiping God and being with his people and fellowship brings ultimate spiritual refreshment and then the physical rest um, that will do worlds of good in preparing us for the work week ahead. So what does that look like in reality? How can you practically apply this principle? Does that mean you can't wash the dishes on Sunday? Well, not quite, unless that's what works for you. My Baptist pastor many years ago once explained it like this. Rest is what makes Sunday different from any other day of the week. It's something that's going to make it clear that you actually rested both physically and spiritually. It doesn't just look like your other days. It stands out. It's noticeably different. It includes a spiritual rest that comes with truly worshiping God and that comes from relationships with fellow believers, and it includes physical rest as well. Maybe for you, that's as simple as church and time with family afterward which may include some work like cooking and cleaning up. Or maybe from you, it's no cooking and cleaning whatsoever. Um, You eat out or you order in or you have easy snacks and cold cuts. For many of you, parenting is a job that you just can't take an actual day off every week, right? That's not feasible or really even desirable because we all know that family time is golden time. For many people I know, it means no computer or social media use at all on Sunday. And I can see how that would be restful since I'm on my computer a lot during the week, so I may try that sometime soon. The point is that you focus on spiritual rest and physical rest. To help make it happen, 
Make sure you get your work done during the week and then let your family and friends know your plans too um, so they can help support support you and maybe you will even encourage them in uh, following God's pattern of rest as well. The second thing you can do is verbally commit each day to the Lord. This is a super simple action. It's based on Proverbs 16, 3. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. What does that look like? Well, it means to tell God every morning that that day is His. Ask Him to guide your steps, provide for you, and to give strength. If you want to take that one step further, every night as you go to bed, commit your day again to the Lord. You know, all those burdens that just seem to get heavier and heavier as the day grows longer, there's a place for them at the feet of Jesus before your eyes close for the night. Cast your burden upon the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. That's Psalm 55, 22. Now, this next way to grow well in life is one I struggle with quite a bit, actually. I'm a more private person, and that's not always a good thing. Actually ask for prayer. And if you can, specifically within the church, face-to-face. It's one thing to pray for others or to listen and take others' needs seriously, and it's another thing to actually share your own needs with others. But not doing so is completely contrary to God's Word. James 5.16 tells us to confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. That phrase, one another, means that you are part of that dynamic. Confessing our weaknesses and sins to one another or any other need can be extremely vulnerable, but look at the reward there, the power of prayer. One of the very, very best ways to go from surviving to thriving in your life and work is to pray for others and to also ask prayer for yourself. The fourth way we can thrive or grow well is to practice healthy living as an act of worship. 1 Corinthians 6 reminds us that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit as well as a gift from God. It goes on to say, because we were bought with a price, we're to glorify God in our bodies. So while the self-care movement may emphasize eating well and exercising as a way to feel good and feel good about yourself, God's word emphasizes that we do it to glorify God. That should motivate us more than anything else as believers. Okay, it's true that this way to grow well isn't healthy living. It isn't as clear-cut or specific and actionable like the rest of these because everyone's health needs are different. So what I want you to take away from this is simply this. Your body is a gift from God that he expects you to steward effectively. A healthy lifestyle is not something you do just for yourself. You really do do it for God. And the healthier you are, the more you can serve him and carry out his will. Every body is different. I personally struggle with Hashimoto's autoimmune disease, and I need to pay extra attention to what I eat. I've started a food journal, and that helps me keep track of how my body responds to different things so I can feel my best. I encourage you to take your body seriously and eat things that nourish it and do things that strengthen it. What it it actually looks like for you specifically is up to you and your doctor. 
And the last thing in this category is to actually schedule professional growth time. Now, if you're like me, then you may be tempted to do one or two things when it comes to professional growth. You may wait and wait and wait until you have a large chunk of time to take a course or watch a video or attend a conference or even read a a book like in one sitting or at least a lot of the book in one sitting. Or you may make abstract plans to do it when you're done with your work for the week and somehow that never happens. I submit to you this better alternative. Put your professional growth time in your calendar, even if it's 15 minutes a day for a book or an hour a day for online learning, then it becomes concrete, real, and a true priority. Friend, professional growth is not an option if you want to flourish in your work and business. If you're not growing, you are just barely surviving. If you don't have professional growth in your calendar right now, why not start with just 15 minutes a day at the same time every day, if you can, for things like reading a book or watching an online tutorial? Consider it actual work time and then a monthly block of time for things that might take longer. Okay, the second category of things you can do to go from surviving to thriving in your work is create and maintain a clear vision. Having a clear vision nurtures an eternal perspective and helps supply the motivation you need to grow well. Scripture tells us that where there is no vision, the people perish. For the first thing that you can do is listen or re-listen to episodes one and two of this very podcast. See, I told you, specific and actionable steps. Um, episode one is called, it's nine o'clock somewhere, and it explains God's plan for our work. And episode two is called How to Know Your True Calling from God. Both of these really will help you give a, get um, a clear vision, and they give lots of scripture references to support a biblical vision for your life and work. The second thing I, I recommend that you do is identify your strengths and your weaknesses. You've got to have self-awareness, not self-focus self-awareness. It's a leadership and growth essential. Some of us, some of us come by this more naturally than others, but we all still have blind spots. Here are some concrete ways to identify your strengths and your weaknesses. Number one, take an actual strength assessment. A popular one is the Strength Finder 2.0 by Donald Clifton. I'll link it in the show notes along with some others that you may want to try. There's several free online assessments as well. The second thing is ask your friends, family, and those you work with what they see as your greatest strengths and your greatest weaknesses. Make sure you have a strong relationship with those you ask because it is a vulnerable thing to do and you want them to have your best interest at heart. Assure them you won't take their comments the wrong way and then don't. See them all as learning opportunities and not necessarily the truth. But as my husband likes to say, if 10 people say you have a tail, you better turn around and look. Okay, the third thing you can do as far as identifying your strengths and weaknesses is to take a personality test, but with a grain of salt. Remember, they don't always take into account that you are a unique individual and a spiritually growing individual. And sometimes you can answer their questions differently depending on on different scenarios. Have you ever noticed that? 
I once broke an online personality test. I, I feel like I broke it. Um, I was applying for a job and uh, came back that I had no personality. Um, so I ended up going back to the questions that I couldn't make up my mind about. I think I overthink. I really do. And I chose the next runner up so I could actually, quote, unquote, have a personality, but they can be a useful tool in your self-awareness arsenal. All right. Uh, the third thing that you can do um, to help you create and maintain a clear vision is to write a mission statement for your life. So not for your business, your life, um, encompassing all areas of it. A personal mission statement defines who you are, identifies your purpose, explains how you aim to pursue that purpose and why it matters so much to you. And here's the kicker in 50 words or less or thereabouts. It's succinct and powerful. When done right, a good mission statement actually helps you keep your goals in view while acting as a filter for all those things that don't fit with your mission. Okay, moving on. Another way to move from surviving to thriving in your life and work is to, drumroll please, get help. This can be as simple as asking a friend for advice or asking your husband to stop at the grocery store on the way home. You don't have to do it all. It can also be something that's more of an investment, like hiring a virtual assistant or outsourcing some of your work. If you're not at a place financially to hire help, then put a place in your budget and start working toward that goal. And the last way to move toward thriving as it relates to your vision is to journal, but not in the way you think. Have you ever seen those five-year journals in the bookstore or where, where have you? They feature a question each day that you answer the same day every year. At the end of five years, you can see how your answers change over time. Pretty cool. You can adapt this for your own purposes. I like the idea of answering a simple question like, what did I do well today? Every day for a year. Then at the end of the year, go through your answers and you can see how you've grown. It's a really special gift to take with you as you start and make plans for a new year. And it's something that only took five minutes a day. Um, it's not a huge commitment at all. Okay, so what did you think? Did one or more of these ways to start thriving in your life and your work really resonate with you? If you thought to yourself, hey, I can do that, or yeah, I really should do that, then I encourage you to visit my show notes at workingupward.com to review these ideas and give a little more thought about which of these action steps you can start doing right now. If you're driving, cleaning, or exercising while listening to this podcast, then make a mental note to come back to this episode or the online show notes with a pen and paper or your notes app and write down what steps you plan to take. Many, many times it truly is something as simple as adding something new to your routine that serves as an impetus or taking something away from your routine that has been a roadblock. And if you're not sure where to start, then I have a suggestion. How about accepting the following mission for this week? Okay, here it is. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is this. Microjournal for a week to see how you like it. You know, experiment a little, just five minutes a day. For this challenge, let's use this question. What did you learn new today? 
Remember, you can do this the pen and paper way, the Word document way, or even a simple note in your notes app, whichever way will help you stay consistent. Again, that question is, what did you learn new today? And I double dog dare you to accept this challenge. Thanks for listening to the Work is Good podcast. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, become a podcast insider. It's absolutely free and you'll get episode related resources delivered straight to your inbox. Workingupward.com will take you directly to that sign up link. Until next time, keep looking up.